1: Hello, it's the Liverpool Echoes Blood Red Podcast. I'm Matt Addison with Ian Doyle, Joe Rimmer, and Theo Squires, all with me for today's show. Absolutely loads of bits for us to get through. We'll take a look at Via Real and Newcastle United, but we'll have to start with the news that Jurgen Klopp has extended his contract at Anfield for a further two years. Claudia, we did a live show last night with Sean Bradbury and Tom Cavilla, and so I don't want to go over the, the same sort of ground as, as we did then. People can go and, and listen to that if they didn't watch it or listen to it. but we did hear from Jurgen Klopp this morning in his press conference. Of course, he was asked about this. It was pretty interesting, I thought, around the, the contract extension and that kind of, of situation. He he didn't really directly sort of answer around what the impact might be on Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane and a few of the other players who have got contract situations to, to be resolved as well. But I suppose fundamentally, even though he might not say it, it probably isn't going to do them any harm.
2: No, well, you'd, you'd like to think it wouldn't. Um... Yeah, it was all about, to be honest, it was all about what, something that Sean picked up on yesterday where he spoke, where Mike Gordon had spoken at me and he mentioned about, you know, Jürgen Klopp signing his contract has given them stability and continuity and that can help with several things including renewals and that's obviously contract renewals and that will be uh, something that, you know, Liverpool will hope can help in terms of, you know, trying to persuade... Mohamed Salah to sign a new deal in any any other player, possibly Sadio Mane, you know, we don't actually know that for sure, but it will be surprised if they didn't ask him to sign a new contract, given the way he's been playing lately. And there's others, isn't there, Joel Matip, Roberto Firmino, Naby Keita, going on to Oxlade, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, even as far as James Milner, you know, this summer we know that Jurgen Klopp would quite you know, like him to sign a new deal. But, you know, ultimately, I think that'll be up to James Miller himself whether he wants to go and play football. But, you know, Salah's the main one. That's the one that everybody's been talking about for, for months. And it can only help, can't it? Whether or not it, it makes ultimately the difference. You know, Yeah, club said there's far more things to do than that. He doesn't expect him staying to be decisive. But in any case, he would have been there for two more years anyway. So, you know, I actually don't think it will make that much difference in that respect where, as we touched on yesterday, where it could make a difference is actually the signing of players, I think, he, you know, you know, Jürgen Klopp did, did mention that in passing in his press conference today, he said it will have some kind of impact, he'd like to think it'll have some kind of impact on transfers, because players are coming in, know who's meant to be there, and you know he's going to be there, they know that the backroom staff are going to be there, and they've built this body of work over the last three or four years, um, that's very successful with his team, they've already got most of the core of the squad on long-term contracts, so you would expect that that should be fine. But in terms of Mohamed Salah's contract, yes, we, we're going to have to wait and see because I don't necessarily think Jürgen Klopp's his, uh, his ex- contract extension is going to make any difference to what to what Salah does.
1: In terms of the the sort of bigger picture, Joe, Jürgen Klopp spoke about the, the kind of vision that he has for his future at Liverpool, what he still wants to achieve. And I suppose it was just exciting stuff. We kind of knew it anyway, of course, but it's always good to, to kind of hear it from the man himself.
3: Yeah, do you know, I, I thought his press conference today, for anyone who hasn't seen it, recommend going and watches it. It was probably one of the best ones he's taken for a long time. He, he seems so upbeat, he seems so positive. Um, it was probably one of the best examples of the way Klopp can sort of galvanise it since the first press conference he ever did at Anfield when, when, he, when he joined the club. I thought that little section that uh, Doyles written a story on, um, talking about his vision for the club was, um, was outstanding. Um, and more about the the feeling and the the emotion around the club and it just as it just underlines again why Klopp is such a good manager for Liverpool because he buys into the emotion he knows that that's what the club is about and um and he knows how to harness it and and make it probably Liverpool's best weapon so i, I thought i thought it was really good really fascinating to listen to um and he just seems a really good place at the moment and and do you know what I, See, he's a manager that manages on emotions. it wouldn't surprise me if this contract is, is signed on emotions at the moment. He seems to be very happy, He seems to be enjoying his time at the club. And also I think the timing of it, it wouldn't surprise me if club's had that in the back of his mind. You know, as Liverpool go back and go into a you know, a few key games remaining you know, to keep the momentum going, um, into those games. It's a real boost, I think, you know, next time next time with Bullet Anfield, it'll be bouncing and you know that that I'm so glad Song will be echoing around. So, yeah, I mean, it it was a really good press conference. For anyone who hasn't seen it, I recommend going to watch it because it was just Klopp on, on 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 really good form. And, yeah, from everything he says, I think Liverpool have got a bright, bright future under him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. After you've finished watching this, you can go and course uh, and watch that on the uh, the Blood Red YouTube channel. We'll all be up there for you. And like Joe says, well worth having a, a check out of of that. Theo, what did what did you make of, of the press conference? Was it one you enjoyed as well? Yeah, it's the first time I think for a
0: good while that we've managed to get three or four pieces out of it. It's like, oh, that's a line, that's a line. And he just said so many interesting things, and it's not just the basics of injury news. It's that, that vision for the future, the lines on. Salah and Mane and even the bits when he's talking about Newcastle and he's actually talking about the game. You can tell he's in a very positive place at the moment and he said that as much when he's talking about his family and his coaching team. they have obviously enjoying this season so much and who can blame them on the verge of potentially winning everything. And as Joe's there, you, said, you can see it giving them that little boost. It's very timely. Like You made comparisons to when Liverpool last played Newcastle um, between two Champions League semi-final legs and that was a tough game when they needed a late Divock Origi winner. Newcastle are obviously in a much stronger position now than they were then. And it's timely to have that boost to go, oh, your manager's staying put now. And Then while it might not have a, a direct impact on Asala Romani in terms of them staying put, it means he can go more likely to go into bat for them to make sure that they stay at the club because it is his Liverpool now for the next four years as opposed to being it passing on the baton to a successor. He's got a real invested interest now in keeping these players at the club. And you can tell he's someone who's just looking forward to the next four years, but also this next month, because we already know he's a Liverpool legend. His name's in the record books. He's won these biggest honours. Well, he he could become one of the, the greatest managers ever in Liverpool's history just by going and achieving something that's never been done before. He's already one of the greatest ever, but he's on the verge of immortality. And you can, it's just given everyone that boost at the right time when they're already in a good place, having signed Luis Diaz in January and just gone from strength to strength. It's another boost from, and I keep saying boost, I, I need to get a different word here, <laughs> going through for the next few weeks.
1: Yeah, I suppose that's it, isn't it, though? It's, it, it's obviously a, a longer-term thing, but in the short-term as well, it, it can help as, as Theo uses the, the boost there. It, there's, there is going to be a, a tangible effect in, in the short-term as well.
2: You'd like to hope there's a boost, because, you know, if Liverpool can get that boost of an extra 1%, the bo- I can't use boost anymore, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't necessarily. I mean, Klopp, to be fair, said that he didn't sign his new deal because this season's going well and last season was terrible. I think he sees a bit more to it than that. Although, as we mentioned, you know, in the last podcast, there has been a definite change in his enthusiasm for the job and his energy. It was James Milner actually first mentioned it out in public back in I think it was February, where he was he was talking about he saw that the you know Klopp had lost a little bit of his energy last season, but that was not just because of. The, get, the football and you know, obviously the injuries and everything that went up, up last season, but just the general having to cope with everything that was going on last year, you know, just in general away from football, you know, coronavirus, you know, Jurgen Klopp mentioned this today in that very long answer when he was asked about what his, you know, what his, the message was that sends out to Liverpool's rivals that he signed a new long-term deal, but he ended up just opening up on his vision, as, as Joe said, we did a piece on that. So that was interesting. I think... It's not going to harm Liverpool, is it? Over these next couple of games, you know that the manager, the man who's kind of guided them, has, has said, "Look, I'm, I'm so convinced by the way things are going here and the way that you 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 play as this team, this coaching staff, these supporters, that we can, you know, do even better over the next few years." Because what did he say? You know, we're only just getting started, which was interesting, given the fact he's been there for six and a bit years. That's the kind of thing that certainly. You know the, the supporters want to hear. That's the kind of thing that the players want to hear. It's the kind of thing that the owners want to hear. There's n- there's never been any sense of resting on the laurels at Liverpool, and you know as as we mentioned you know in the previous podcast there is that kind of sense that he could be building this dynasty that not so much rivals you know Ferguson and Wenger in terms of long longevity and length of time, but that it's been transformative for a club that previously has been at the top, and that's where Liverpool are again. And Jürgen Klopp seems to think that that's somewhere that they can stay because he feels as though even though they're in, you know, they're still going for the quadruple with less than a month to go of the season, he still thinks that they can get even better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just before we move on, Joe, it's, of course, not just Jürgen Klopp with the, the extended contract Pep Linders and his other sort of coaching staff there as as well. We, we probably shouldn't forget the work that, that they've done as well, a, a big part of, of this project under Klopp.
3: Yeah, and he, and he alluded today, didn't he, that the... Their vision for the future was another reason why he wanted to stay put and, and be a part of it. So, you know, they're obviously very, very important. And you know, I think they they all buy into his his energetic ways. You know, it's not just for Liverpool, isn't it? You know, I, I think their rivals would be looking at you know, yesterday's news and will be a bit crestfallen because let's face it, as a Liverpool fan, you were sort of waiting for Alex Ferguson to leave United and look at the effect that had. You look at Man City and think, well. I think the best chance of Man City slipping away out of contention for major honours will be when Pep Guardiola leaves. And I'm sure Liverpool's rivals will be thinking, well, two more years of Klopp, we've got to put up with him for two more years. But after that, you know, Liverpool aren't going to find the manager as good as him and they're probably not. So, you know, for him to extend his contract, um, you know, will be a blow to them, won't it? Um, so I think it's, it's massive news for Liverpool. It's, it's great at this time of the season and then, um, yeah, it's the best signing I think Liverpool could, could possibly make. You know, we've talked a lot about Salah's contract, we've talked a lot about Mane's, but you know, Klopps comes ahead of all of them in terms of priorities for me. And, you know, it's 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 just what's that word you use, Theo? It's just such a boost. <laughs>
1: It absolutely is. Exciting times for Liverpool. Hopefully those continue over the next few weeks or so. A big week ahead again, Theo. Obviously Newcastle to come first, Villarreal after that. The first leg we saw earlier this week and I suppose the, the thing that kind of struck me really was not just in, in the Villarreal game but we've seen it against Everton now as well. The sort of early part of Jurgen Klopp's reign at Liverpool, a, a setup like that was designed and it worked in, in stopping them whereas you know, these days you can line up in a low block but Liverpool will find a way.
0: Yeah, that's why they're one of the very best teams around. They always seem to find a way. And they haven't really been at their, their very best or had to be at their very best for a while now, but they just keep knocking at the door and find a way to get through teams and get the goals. And Thiago's been crucial to that, hasn't he? We're finally seeing why Jurgen Klopp was so keen to bring him in, what he could bring to the team. His passing accuracy recently has just been out of this world. I think Doily's mentioned it in a couple of pieces. It might have been his snap analysis in midweek. And just all clicking together nicely. And Villarreal, it's a strange game because it wasn't a European Cup semi-final at Anfield compared to ones before. There was the atmosphere there when Liverpool were leading, but it felt like you were just playing this mid-table team that the Villarreal are in Spain. And you just assumed at some point, yeah, Liverpool will get the goals. Yeah, they'll get the job done and they'll be going to Spain with a, a nice enough lead to defend. And they going for the second leg. Or well, Villarreal, this counter-attacking team, they've got to go there and attack and get goals. And the fans have really got to unsettle Liverpool and they've got to find a way to score three. You don't want to jinx anything, but that seems a big ask for any side, never mind a team that aren't even one of the best in the country, never mind in European football. That, that highlights the transformation that Jurgen Klopp has done at Liverpool and what we'd like to see for the next four years. But um, it's nothing new that he's transformed this team. You look at that side that he took over. um, Yeah, there are still players at the club now who he's transformed into world-class players like Henderson or Roberto Firmino. But he's brought so many others in and transformed them as well. And he's taken a team that were missing out on Europe in that first season, losing that um, Europa League final, so missed out on Champions League as well, to get into a Champions League final, to win in one, to win in the Premier League, and now being on the verge of potentially winning everything. This is a, potentially the start of a dynasty. That's what you expect to see.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Neil mentions uh, Tiago there, Doily. It's ninety-six percent passing accuracy for Everton, ninety-eight for Manchester United, ninety-six for Real in a Champions League semi-final. He's just one of the, the most informed players for Liverpool at the moment. And I suppose the, the only thing you've got to do is keep your fingers crossed. He stays fit for, for the next month.
2: Well, those numbers suggest he's in regression now, so it may be a good time to strike while the iron's hot and, and and get rid of him in in the summer because he's he's clearly going backwards. I mean, one of the interesting things about Tiago is if somebody else uh, noticed this is that the problem you have with his with pass accuracy statistics a lot of the time is they tend to be centre backs because they're passing it sideways or you know or or not very far basically. But with Tiago, the way he's getting the ball, he's always looking to move Liverpool forward. He's always looking to you know get them get them get the opposition to think about what they're doing he's a lot of his passes are actually making sure that Liverpool move into positions where for example Villarreal didn't want them in certain areas and that's where thanks to Thiago they ended up they kept on going which is why I think Klopp mentioned it after the game he said that we were able to move them into places where we didn't where they didn't want to go that was part of their game plan and I think it was Capoue, or it was one of their players who, who spoke afterwards, and he said, "Look, we had a game plan. It just didn't work because we couldn't make it work because of the way Liverpool played. Thiago's key to that, as Theo said. The um, these kind of you know, you said low block, whereas I just say defensive teams because you know, I'm old school. Um, you know, just put everybody on the back. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, Everton did it, but on Saturday, on a Sunday, sorry, and they nearly well, I don't say get away with it, but that was exactly the way they should have played that's exactly what they did. And Villarreal have got through to the semi-finals of the Champions League playing exactly that way. Why on earth would they do anything different when they're coming up against a team that's renowned for their attacking play? So Liverpool have shown that kind of progress, but they've, how they've, you know, as Theo said, of achieved, have just been able to get around these teams a lot easier Um, because they've got a player like Thiago. That's exactly the reason why he was bought. So you go back and have a look at what uh, Klopp said when he brought him in. He said, this is entirely the reason. And you know, we've done Tiago quite a lot over the past 12 months, but the reality is, it's like a little bit like Cater. It's been ages since you would write a piece saying, is he the right person for Liverpool? Because it's not, that's not the question anymore. It's it's just the question is, can he keep those levels as often as possible and give Liverpool as, as much as, you know, make as much of a difference as he has been doing in the last couple of weeks? And for, there's a reason why he's won, is it 29 major trophies, something like that? He's won a lot of, maybe it's not 29, actually, it could be. He's won a lot of stuff in his career, but there's a reason for that. It's because he's the person who who comes good at the the business end of the season. He's, for the big games, I mean, United at home. Sorry, City in an FA Cup semi-final at Wembley. United at home, uh, Everton at home, Villarreal in a semi-final of a Champions League. And even, I thought, City away in the 2-0. Liverpool's best player was probably Thiago in almost all of those games. If not the best player, then certainly one of the best 2 or 3 that's why he's there. But, yeah, I'm a bit worried about the the pass accuracy because if he if he dropped to, like, 94 at Newcastle is playing I think that would be a genuine cause for concern.
1: <laughs> he was excellent as well, actually, just to, to build on on your point there. As, as Liverpool got into the Champions League at the back end of, of last season, well, that, the last sort of the eight thing, to ten the, games the, there was, was superb. The thing
2: about that yeah. is that he said, I remember he did an interview at the end of the season where he said that we had to play a different way to get through because he had joined a team that you thought were going to be playing the way that they are now because they've got all of the players, not all of the players available. I mean, they have at the moment, but most of the players available. They wouldn't have the kind of injuries that they had last season, which meant they had to play a very different way. They didn't play a high line last season, did they? They couldn't when they had Nat Phillips and Reese Williams there, which meant everybody had to fall backwards, which meant he was having to play a different kind of football. Now he's playing in a team that's playing exactly the kind of way that he knows, the kind of way that he'll have watched Liverpool before he joined. And that's why he's become so successful, because, as Klopp said, I kind can't remember of whether it was days or so merging to one, it may have been this press conference or the last one, he said it's about finding players who fit the system and he fits the system that Liverpool are playing now, which is why Thiago is prospering a lot more now and the tail end of last season than he did when he first started.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In terms of, of the result, Joe, in that game, obviously lots of, of games still to come for Liverpool. They're going to have to take that second leg seriously, but it can only be a good thing that they've got that advantage. They... They're not going to take the foot off the gas, obviously, next week. But with so many games to come, you do have to to rotate a little bit. You've got that sort of opportunity to do so to a certain extent.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I expect them to make changes. I think if Firmino's back, he might play in that one. But um, yeah, it was just you know so professional from Liverpool, and like you said, the last two games they've come up against teams that have, have played in a certain manner. And I think what is um, hugely impressive is that Liverpool have just got this. Think about them where they're almost inevitable, aren't they? They just keep going and keep going. And I think a couple of the Villarreal players and, and Emery himself spoke afterwards about how, yeah, they had that game plan but Liverpool just weighed down and, and they did, you know. And, and all right, they were slightly fortuitous with the first goal, um, but it comes because they have wave after wave after wave of attack, doesn't it? You know, and, and I think, you know, just to, to sort of touch back on the Everton game, there's this, there's this, again, this massive myth for me that the big teams get favoured in penalty decisions and I just think it's because big teams constantly attack because they you know they have better players and you know they have more of the ball and Liverpool had so much of the possession against Everton and then against Villarreal that it's inevitable that you will get bits of luck you will get refereeing decisions you, you will get more you know opportunities to, to win penalties to win free kicks to win you know to score goals whether they're lucky you know I, I always remember back. Chelsea, when they used to score so many deflected goals, didn't they, whether it was Lampard or Joe Cole, I think every goal Joe Cole ever scored for Chelsea in that period was deflected, and it was just because they just wore teams down, and they had that many shots and that that much possession around the area, that they get a bit of luck, so you know, the way Liverpool are playing at the moment, they're just inevitable, they just keep coming and keep coming, and you know going to Villarreal, I think it's going to be difficult um, but in the famous last words of maybe Barcelona, I just can't see Liverpool not scoring there. Um, so, you know, I, I think I think they will be able to manage that tie, make some changes and get through. Um, and they'll need to because I think Newcastle is going to take a lot out of them. And I think tomorrow will be we'll, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I think it'll be very difficult tomorrow. So I think Liverpool are going to have to be at their best and they'll expend a lot of energy.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll move on to, to Newcastle now. I think obviously the the big game on Saturday lunchtime and Theo, you know, a lot of the the talk around the sort of twelve thirty kickoff. Jurgen Klopp didn't want it. There was that obvious request to, to play the game a little bit later. But in some ways, I wonder if on this occasion it it might benefit Liverpool slightly. Obviously, the atmosphere at St James's Park being one element, but also the fact that they play before Manchester City rather than afterwards.
0: Um. Potentially, but then you look at Liverpool and, yeah, they have the grumbles about the kick-off time, but they should be good enough to get the job done anyway. Um, we know what the atmosphere would be like at Anfield. If it's a 12.30 kick-off, it's usually a little bit subdued, so you'd hope it would have that same knock-on effect. We know the size of Liverpool's squad now, so Jurgen Klopp could rotate and make four or five changes if he really wanted to and name a strong enough side. Uh, it's just annoying with the Premier League that they wouldn't make this change, that it was far easy for him to sit back and do nothing. When Eddie Howe came out and he didn't have any issues if it had been changed or if it was going ahead. Now, when you look at Scotland, well, Rangers asked for their game last weekend, I think, to be moved and the Scottish League were happy to move that because they want them to go and do well in Europe because it'll boost their coefficients ranking. Well, Premier League don't need to worry about that because they're always going to have four teams qualifying for the Champions League group stages with Liverpool and City around. But just so, just have a bit of thought here. Look after your team so they can have the best chance of reaching Champions League finals. Like okay, if we could be looking at a second all English Champions League final in a row, you think they'd want to aid that? But then Liverpool are good enough with the depth and they have got on the books to be able to beat Newcastle, to beat Villarreal, to manage these sorts of games. It's quite telling that Hoopton didn't have any grumbles about it today, did he? He's like, well, oh, this is the kickoff time. Never rejected it. We've just got to move on now. We've got to just go and do the job that's in front of us. I've signed my contract. The players are available. And let's see what we can do. Um, like, like I said earlier, he compared it to that Newcastle 3-2 game earlier a few years ago. But while you're expecting another tough game, let's not forget Newcastle are in a really good place at the moment. You forget how poorly they start the season. How long ago does it seem Steve Bruce was Newcastle manager? Um, I think they won, what, one game in those first 16 games. Now they've only lost four times since they last played Liverpool in December. But Liverpool are in a league of their own as well. So it doesn't matter how good Newcastle are. And you'd like to think they'll be pushing for Europe in a few years. Liverpool are just too good for most teams at this moment.
1: Yeah, you'd imagine Liverpool will be too good, though, Eddie. Really, but they have been on a, a decent run recently. Eddie Howe seemingly doing a, a decent job, obviously helped by the fact they spent the best part of a hundred million pounds in January. But it's not going to be an easy game, is it for Liverpool? Did they, they
2: spend hundred million pounds in January?
1: They spent ninety-two just, or something, didn't they? I think
2: I was—I must have been asleep. I
1: don't Did know they we'll sign? Happen. They signed the midfielder. They, they spent uh, four, forty on uh, Bruno Guimaraes and nothing. Tricky as I think oh, tri- is out, is now. Chris so Warner, and Trippier were about 2025. That's
2: right, inch, yeah. really. uh, uh Joe's a massive fan of Eddie Howe well, or, or Eddie Howe's head I think Eddie, Eddie,
3: yeah. Eddie Howe's yeah. head as, as portrayed by David Squires
2: that's it, yeah you, yeah. you feel as though it's kind of representative right. it's, of Howe's it's features that it's just brilliant. don't just, dominate his, his entire skull shall we say
3: can yeah. someone can someone flash that up on the screen? There? <laughs> can we not yeah. do that? Come on, Patrick, think, uh, producer. Would it be copyright on, issues. You
2: know. I don't know. We could get Theo to draw it as well, you know, like as a, as an invitation. He's, he's a good artist, or, or something like that. Anyway, um, what was the question? Oh, Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. I I think this is the game. If Liverpool don't win the league, it'll be by dropping points. It'll be this one. I think this is the hardest game they got left. I know people look at Tottenham, but Tottenham are just, you know, I'm never gonna I'm never gonna like say things about Tottenham, even though they have some very good players. But they've kind of fallen away a little bit. They seem to be unable to score Tottenham, but we'll deal with that next week. Um Newcastle is different because I know Klopp referenced that 2019 game. He he couldn't quite understand why they were absolutely desperate for Liverpool not to win the league, but that's just the way that it is. And I think, yeah, half twelve is is probably in terms of atmosphere a better better for Liverpool than a half or well, quarter to eight wasn't it that they wanted i don't think it's going to make that much difference i think newcastle you know they've kind of got this kind of i was going to say weird thing going on up there but i think they seem to be living in a different world in the sense of how they're regarding i don't want to go down this whole rabbit hole of their ownership but because they are winning and signing players and they've had so long of mike ashley just doing absolutely nothing and just you know the real madrid approach to to Ownership in the sense that Railroad had just tried to do the least amount possible to try and get through and seem to, to keep them getting away with it. And I think Newcastle have done that for a bit too bit too long for Newcastle fans like, and so you can't blame them for being you know made up, but I think the way that everybody else views their club is is, is different to to how it is at the moment. Um I also think that this game is going to be difficult because as, as Theo said, they've done really well since uh, January. I think is it only Liverpool have taken more points? The Newcastle since the turn of the year or since the some dates. Although some, they have played yeah. a few more games. They have played a few more games. And I'm pretty sure in saying they've been nicking quite a lot of games, 1-0, 2-1. You know, they beat Palace 1-0. They came from behind to beat Leicester 2-1. And the crowd played a part in that. So for me, this is Liverpool's most difficult game. And the fact that it's the one game where they this is the one game where rotations, they're probably going to have to rotate quite a lot of players. I know that the 2-0 up in that first game in Spain, but as Joe suggested, that second leg isn't going to be straightforward at all. And I think Liverpool cannot afford to lose this game. A draw isn't the worst result in the world for me, because this then they've still got a little bit of control because then if City lose one game, Liverpool will be ahead on goal difference. So there's always that, and that could take them through to the last game of the season. But if they get beat, City beat Leeds four points. That's it. So this is a massive game for me, and I think that it will be Liverpool's toughest one, and it will be the, probably the biggest test they're going to have for the rest of the season of the strength of their squad.
1: The interesting thing with that as well is that I'm pretty sure Manchester City play Newcastle next week, don't they? I know that's away from home, isn't it? But yes, it's, isn't it?
2: Yeah, and I think I think the Newcastle's still not great away from home.
1: To be honest. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I suppose you can you can argue it both ways as well. The fact that they've not really got a great deal to play for that can sort of take the pressure off, or it could sort of be one where they're on the the beach a little bit. But Joe, what are, what are you expecting from that game?
0: On, so that, I think I think could still make Europe. They're not out of it yet.
1: I'd be very surprised if they made Europe. I'll be honest. You got
0: what? United are rubbish. West Ham are focusing on Europa League. Wolves are just on beach mode. They could sneak seventh.
3: It's not so much. I think. That they could. They'll want to finish as high as possible, won't they? Just because they want to show that they're on an upward curve, and if they're, they're signing players in the summer, which we know that they're going to go out aggressively to do, um, I think. I think Theo's got a point. I don't think they're going to go for Europe, but I certainly think they'll want to finish as high as possible. To be fair, I thought, you know, I thought they were gone in the back end of last year. They were they were in such bad form, and to be fair to Eddie Howe, he's done a he's done a really good job. Job there, hasn't he? I, I think it's going to be with Doherty, I think it's one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult fixture left. I think it'd be incredibly difficult. I think that the incentive for any team playing Liverpool now is to be spoilers, isn't it? They all want the um, they all want to be the ones that the put Liverpool you know to end their hopes of a quadruple, don't they? And it's we've with Newcastle because I don't really see a, a rivalry with them, but I certainly think that their fans will want to play spoilers and they, they seem to think clops at it today, didn't he? So I don't quite know what their problem is with us. And I don't really, but I think you know, there's been times in the past where you go up to St. James and they, they really do seem to enjoy getting one over Liverpool. So I, I think I do think tomorrow will be a bit of a slog. Um, you know, but Liverpool have got to do what they did in 2019, which is go there and come what may come out of it with three points. And we've learned about this team that that's what they're very good at. You know, they, they're good at finding players that, that you know rise to the occasion, they're good at working hard they're good at fighting through difficult situations so you know you'd never back against them but I do think it'll be tough and I don't think anyone should expect Liverpool to go out and and wipe the floor at Newcastle because I really don't think they'll do that.
1: Yeah, nine points off seventh they are with four games left. So that does seem like a bit of a, a stretch to get into <laughs> yeah. Europe. Come on, Theo. Come on. <laughs> said,
0: Wolves are on beach mode. United it, are rubbish. West Ham are focusing on Europe. Strange thing things, about, things have happened. Thing about
2: Newcastle is that as Joe cannon kind of alluded to. Then is their players will know that they're going to spend six hundred billion pounds in the in the summer and they'll want to still be there and taking playing power. And it's so th- this is like an audition for them to prove that they can still be there after the season. And in John Joe Shelby, they've got he's the captain now, isn't he? I'm sure he was. I saw him. He was captain of a of a game recently. I think
0: he's because LaSalle doesn't start every week anymore. Is yeah, but I, really
2: and, and Thursday you got a player who used to play for Liverpool and often seems to do quite well against. Scored at Ansville, not not He Scored. He? scored uh, what else did he score for? Swansea. He's played for Swansea. Did I dream that? He played for Swansea, didn't he? He, he scored. scored yeah, first, he yeah. scored
1: for Swansea. He scored for Newcastle in the reverse fixture as well. Yeah,
2: that's know? that's right. Yeah, so he, he's somebody who he doesn't mind a, a shot and he'll get stuck in. And as we've said, the crowd will be well up for it. So it's going to be an interesting one, and also Newcastle isn't near to my house, which is extremely disappointing.
1: Yeah, no matter how much money they've got, that's not probably going to change either. I wouldn't imagine. Uh, let's move on to our team selections then, Doidy. Allison in goal. How many changes across the back four?
2: Um, it was interesting, wasn't it? You, you had Liverpool were actually resting players in the second half of a Champions League semi-final, weren't they? In that first leg, you could so you could kind of tell where you know, it's not often Trent gets subbed so early, so he's definitely playing. I'd imagine Van Dijk, who I've said before, he's kind of, in recent weeks, I think he's been a little bit off his best, Looks possibly tiny, a little bit tired. And there was, I can't remember what game it was Recent could have been the Benavid game. There's some suggestion he might not even be playing. There's some rumour, but obviously that didn't happen. I actually thought he did all right against Villarreal, so he's in. I bring Joel Matip back in. And if Simakas is fit, because he has been ill, I would be tempted to play him.
1: Yeah, I'm playing Simicas if he's back to full fitness and well, full health more accurately, isn't it, Joe? Changes for you.
3: The only change I'd make to the back form, and, and this is because as I've said, I think it's gonna be a very difficult game, um, would be would be massive. Um I, you know, I, I see why you'd want to play Simicas, but I think Clough said today that he'd have um, a bit of an upset stomach. and and you know, if you if you've been able to like that, perhaps it's not Best time to throw someone into what could be a very, um, a very difficult game. So I think I would, I would stick with Robertson. I think his his fight will be required. And yeah, other than that, Trent and, and Van Dyke, um, you know, the, they'll probably be looking for set pieces. Won't they, so Van Dyke would be important. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put Simicus back in though.
2: You wouldn't have Simicus in for his runs down the left.
3: I haven't thought about tonight. it
2: no, I'm not having Simicast that, that could be a bit messy for Robertson
3: Simicast can play in Villarreal can't it that, it makes sense for him to play there
0: yeah. um, I'm having Massif in over Canarte as well and I fancy uh, Joe Gomez at right back for this one I don't like Van Dijk I don't think Trent's is very best recently he's been a bit targeted by teams and he's got Loads of um, players running at them with Newcastle. They're very quick. So, yeah, Joe Gomez can be right back. Robertson can keep his place because he's been really in form the last few weeks. So, yeah, just the two changes.
2: Hang on. About Trent, is that, yeah, he, but how many goals the opposition scored? How many chances have they
0: had? Yeah. But you still give him a rest Then unleash him.
1: He, he, can, he can rest when he's at the end of the season. He likes the to play those games. He had most of the second half off, didn't he? Midweek.
0: Exactly. Yeah. He had that's nine got, minutes off. It. What do you mean about most? No.
1: <laughs> even even
2: when he was. He about. Yeah, for he, him, as I said before, he had about. He got subbed after about, about twenty or fifteen minutes to go, was it? it was twenty minutes to go, wasn't it? You can't. No, know.
0: it was the eighty-first minute.
2: How oh, was it? Oh well, the, the old no. Anyway, midfield.
1: <laughs> yeah, midfield. Sorry, <already. laughs> Abby Cater.
2: Um, yes. Um, Cassidy, can you come back to me because i have had to think about that. Do Theo yeah. first.
0: Ron video. Nabi Cater. Nabi Tiago. Jordan Henderson is the six.
1: Yeah, interesting. I'm gonna go for Fabinho and give Tiago a rest in this one, I think, Joe. But it could be could be either way round, I think, for me.
3: Yeah, I'd go Fabinho, you know, Tiago, Cater. Um I just don't want to rest Tiago with the form he's in right now. Naughty. I'm going to Enough go with
2: Migno, Thiago, Cato, which is what I was going to say first time round. But I, what I would say is, if Curtis Jones had been not unwell, I think this might have been a game where he could come in. But I, I think I'm not sure whether they'd risk him for that. And and Don't you say this
0: every uh, match at the moment. This could be no. But the thing
2: is, is that is, the thing is, is that I actually think
0: that he would. Clock would play him there's obviously he just
2: seems to, every now and again, he'll have, the, the moment he's meant to come in, he, he has like, whether it's a little injury or he's not well or somebody else plays unbelievably brilliant that he can't, you know, he can't not play them. I think he's been slightly unlucky. Same with Ox- Lade chamberlain I think he's been really unlucky. I mean, he had an iffy game against Nottingham Forest, but he has not played since then, has he? And before that, he'd done all right. So I just think it's an example of the strength in depth. And also... That when it's come to these, even though they're playing every other game, I think the fitness of the players has been pretty incredible. Klopp made mention of that He's, after the first half in Villarreal. He didn't say at half time, he said to the players, You all looked incredibly fresh. You had you know, strong legs and all of that. I also think that came from having had two games where they totally dominated and played at home, so they didn't have to do much travelling. And then the next two games are going to be interesting because, as we say, Newcastle's not close in terms of in England. And, you know, surprisingly, Villarreal is in a different country
1: certainly is. Where are we up to now? I've completely lost where we're up to. I
2: think we're on to the attack where you're going to ask Joe what his attack is. Do you want
3: me to take over? I can do this. I used to do this (laughs) for years. Jota, Salah, Diaz. Diaz, yeah. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Really. I mean, you can pick any any three of them. Uh, Again, be tempted not to drop money because he's in such good form. But but then I... I like Diaz at the moment. I never really like to drop Salah, and um, and Jota. I just I don't got a feeling about Jota in this game. I think it, it sort of suits him. So yeah, that's my three.
1: Yeah, didn't start midweek did he as well? So I'd be going for Jota myself, Theo. Jota for you or Diaz? What's what's your three?
0: Um, Salah and Mane keep the places. Mm, I reckon Jota does come in, but he doesn't look as comfortable in this front three. Now we've got. Mane unleashed as this central central striker. Like Mane's getting used to that role. and Jota never looks as good on the left. But you've got to manage your legs. You've got to rotate your bodies a bit. And Diaz is the one that you can drop out for a start. Throw him on for 30 minutes. He'll terrorise the team. Then he'll go and start the next game. And he's just as good. He's the one you're not upsetting too much by managing him his minutes a bit more carefully.
1: Certainly, Dodie, front three.
0: Oh,
2: I just ask Theo, how often do you rotate your body, Theo? <laughs> <laughs> um, <No>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I actually think we've now got to the season where none of the players are going to be tired. Not having that, I think they're just going to be. You know, there will be moments we have to sub them and, and take them off. I just think I play Diaz, Salah, and Mane. Get see how the game's going, and if you need to bring on Jot, I agree with Joe that I don't think Jot's been particularly great lately. Um, I think it's it's the old thing that he's absolutely brilliant inside the penalty area but when he's not inside it he's not anywhere near because he's a totally different player as Diaz and Diaz has just been so much better than everyone probably even he expected he was going to be. It's quite difficult to leave him out in the same way that Mane has been much better down the middle than anyone expected him to be as well and Salah's Salah so I can't see past those three. I do think this might be a game though where we might see our friend Divock Origi again
1: yeah, if it's tight, wouldn't be a match, uh, wouldn't be a, a huge surprise to, to see him come off the bench at some point, particularly with Firmino being out as well. But let's go for match predictions. Then I'm going to go two one to Liverpool. I think Doyle, come to you first. It's going to be a tight one.
2: Oh, uh, I'll have to think about this one. Go, go to Joe.
1: Joe, what do you reckon?
3: One 0 to Liverpool. I'm going to say last twenty minutes after lots of frustration.
1: Did Boccarigi to score it?
3: Wouldn't surprise me, you know, like like you say, you know, it, it's funny, isn't it? It's almost like this you just get Rigi back on loan for the last five games of the season every year, because we've barely seen him in the second half of the season. And then the last few games, he's popping up and he looks a threat, doesn't he? It wouldn't surprise me.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy how sharp he can look when he's not played for two months, and then suddenly comes in yeah. and does that. But Theo, score prediction? 2-0 um, Liverpool. 2-0. That sounds much more comfortable than the rest of us are expecting. Doiny, two goals or one goal or no goal? Um, right.
0: It's
2: going to go one of two ways. I do have a really bad feeling it might finish one-all. Although, given what I've said earlier, that wouldn't be the worst result in the world. However, I'm going to go 3-2 to Liverpool. I just oh. think it's going to be an absolutely one of those games where it's the crowd will get into it. The players will feed off the crowd. Liverpool will know that they need to win, so they'll play a bit more attacking than perhaps they normally would do away from home. Newcastle will think we've got a point to prove. I just think it's going to be one of those games. I can't see it being you know, negative or anything like that. So get your money on a nil-nil. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, Origi's
0: winner off his knee or something. We're doing proper. Yeah, I mean, go it's,
2: it's going to be, it's uh, preferably 4 0 to Liverpool with all the goals scored in the first 20 minutes so we can get our work done and go home. Yes.
0: That's going to yes, be what it going be at Ellen Rowan, it, for City. They'll get a nice 4 0. Yeah, hmm.
2: I mean, I mean, with, I think that's a tough game for City because Leeds are yeah. suddenly in trouble,
0: even though they got a good
2: point at Palace. So
0: Everything think, we've said about Liverpool-Newcastle for the last 20 minutes, you can just say for Leeds and City.
2: Yeah, I, I do think that while I still expect both of the Liverpool and City to win almost all of their games, I think the goal is going to be a lot closer and a lot harder than, than people think because they always are. They always are. Man City will not play Watford at home every single week. You know what <laughs> I mean? Liverpool won't play Man United every single week. You know, these they're like fairly easy games for them this season, but it's not it's not gonna be like that. So if you thought it's gonna be a stress-free end to the season, as as one of our former work experience lads said, you know, you know, what 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 is it they said, Joe? Come on, what did they actually say so I don't misquote?
3: Um following the team in the title race is stressful, you know. You, yeah. you, you if you if you draw a game, it feels like a defeat, so it's no fun. Um it's plenty of form, Let's face it. It's
2: great. I mean, let's face it. Look at look at you know look at Everton. They're not having any fun whatsoever. It's stressful for them. But those actually is like if Liverpool don't win a game, it's like oh we only won the League Cup, you know. But for Everton, it's teams at the bottom. It's far more stressful. So my message, as it was from Jurgen Klopp today, would be to all Liverpool fans listening to this because I know all of them listen to this podcast, is just enjoy it. And if they don't win a game on Saturday. Well, there's a Champions League semi-final on Tuesday, so enjoy that as well. And then they got an FA Cup final, so come on, sort yourselves out.
1: Yes, absolutely. Eight more games, potentially, in the space of a month. So, intensity, but very much enjoyable as well. But for this podcast, that will just about do us. Plenty more stuff to come across all of the usual channels, before and after the Newcastle game, of course. Until next time, though, from all of us here, it's goodbye for now.